Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and we're at the start of the brand new month, and that means a new lineup of RPGs are ahead of us. I am Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and I'm joined by my wonderful assistant, Alex O'Neill, to help me check out the RPGs coming out this month. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing very good. I'm excited because we just had a great RPG month, so I don't I don't know what's coming once more. We did. It was a very good RPG month. Yeah. Um. But speaking on that topic, uh, let's have a recap of what games we've been playing this past month. Alex, what have you been playing in the uh, the month of February? Um, so we've been talking about it every now and again. Uh, Yakuza 0, we don't spend too much time on it. It's eaten away. I invested into into many structures, <laughs> to many real much mm-hmm. real estate. Um, and I... I also became a cabaret czar, is the term that they use, which I like. It's a little out there. Um, did all that. I, and what I, I will say, just because that was like the majority of my time with that game this month, I I really appreciate the the completion rewards for doing this mm-hmm. those side minigames. I don't know if you're familiar with what they are, but... Uh, I am not. I, I won't spoil it, because I was just so like surprised at how cool of a reward it was. Um, but, but yeah, it was really rad. So I, I doing those mini games at least had a, had a very satisfying payoff and you get so much money that you can like build mm-hmm. out your stats way, way, way more. So, which is cool. Excellent. Um, Excellent. but the big things this month, we, we got Persona 5 Strikers and then a new season of Destiny started. Um, but I'll talk about Destiny real quick just cause, so we, we transitioned the first or the second Tuesday in February from... Season of the Hunt, which was like the the season that launched with the new expansion Beyond Light and all that for Destiny, um, into Season of the Chosen, which is you know the next thing over. Uh, which you know, I, last year, like after Shadowkeep had come out, they went from I think it was Season of the Undying to uh, Season of the Dawn, uh, and that that was a real stinker in my, in my opinion. Uh, not like a real stinker. There was like a new activity called the sundial. Um, but there just wasn't a lot to it, uh, overall. Whereas this time around, they, they've kind of added a new social space called the helm. And it's basically like a war table, uh, not to put it in line with, uh, the other, <laughs> live service game, Marvel's Avengers, but, um, similar, like it reminded me a lot of Mass Effect 3 of like, you, you know, you kind of station where you're looking at, the whole situ- like your situation room and you're deciding like kind mm-hmm. of what you want to spend your time with uh, it doesn't like have a list of choices per se but it, it, it certainly has like that vibe and what I like about the helm and, and it's all new to this season and how they're trying to tell the story for this season is like characters will meet in that room uh, like Osiris or Crow or Saladin or you know these other people that, that we've spent some time with uh, and they'll have conversations, and it's cool to see all these different characters that they've kind of built out individually through the seasonal stories, like, actually sit down and kind of start talking to one another. It's making it feel way more narrative and, and, and like, it's all kind of coming together in a really cool way. Um, and you get, like, one of those every week, so they're, they're kind of adding those in with each update, with each reset, um, which is cool. Plus, it has a lot of mm-hmm. um, Lord Saladin. He was the guy from the the second Destiny One expansion, and also from like the one of the PvP events. And I just really like him. Uh, but the big thing uh, that for me, at least personally, with this season, they added like a new. It's a lot of cool story stuff going on that won't make sense if you're not playing Destiny. But they added this new 
exotic quest and and they're trying to add like at least one or two each season to have like not only a new gun but at least something that kind of builds up to it uh and it's a really really cool mission it's kind of like it's a horror themed mission which there there are not a lot of in destiny uh it's really spooky it's it's going through like a derelict ship which is always like anytime you're in a space Ooh. game like going through an abandoned ship is always like or a sp spooky haunted ship is some of the best stuff in my opinion uh, and mm -hmm. they definitely pay off on that with like scary noises, secrets, audio logs. Like you get to talk to characters that you wouldn't think you'd get to talk to throughout that mission. Um, and it's obviously all very cool world building for like the darkness and where everything's going. Uh, yeah, it's 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 we're only like three weeks into the season at this point, and and I'm just like super excited to jump in every Tuesday, which I've like never been <laughs> with Destiny before. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's really cool. It's a really cool place to be, uh, with Destiny. And, and I know it's, like, impossible to get into at this point. Uh, but at the very, yep. the very least, like, I'm, I'm excited to see them, like, making the races in this game feel like Mass effect -y races and, like, feel really fleshed out and, and fully featured. Yeah. It's rad. I wish I could get into Destiny and play with you guys, but at this point, it's like, I have no idea where to start. Yeah. Everything, it's just the concept of trying to get into Destiny is so monumentous and daunting that I'm just like, nah. Yeah, and I, and I feel like... I'm, I'm good. Now that I'm, like, in it, like, especially, the it is way easier to get into a season if you're, like, if you had been playing from that expansion, uh, and, and I think, like, the expansion points are going to be the way easier point to like actually jump in but we'll see what they do with witch queen which they just delayed till early next year so oh did they yeah yeah uh, they're they're like when was it originally supposed to come out it was gonna be fall this year now it's gonna be early next year oh, okay. and they, they said that that's what they're they're basically trying to shift the year the big yearly update for destiny into like early calendar year instead of like fall calendar year so oh, Witch Queen okay. will come out in like probably like February, March, that's my guess. And mm -hmm. then like Lightfall, which was the next one that they announced, will also come out the next year in like March, February. That's what it sounds like at least. Which is interesting. Which is cool with me, because Destiny Expansions coming out in the fall amongst a bunch of other video games has never been like super great, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's it's been really cool what they've been doing with, with Destiny. Cool. Uh, and then there's very nice Persona very Five Strikers, which you've also played a little bit of. It's true. What do you th uh, very briefly of it? What are you feeling on it? Uh, I, I'm liking it. I wish it had a bit more of a faster start. Yeah. Um, it like it was really cool to see everyone get back together, but going through like. Okay, we we're in this jail area. Okay, let okay, we know this is here now. Let's back out. It was very much reminiscent of Kamashita's palace. You were Mona, Ryuji, and Ren or Joker. You get kidnapped or captured, and then you have to find your way out. And then it was very, to me, beat for beat almost of the intro of Persona Five. Yeah, and I'm just like I. And maybe because I have played so many Musou games before and big fan of the games since, like, Dynasty Warriors 2 on PS2, I was hoping this would be less of that. <laughs> like, I'm not... At least with the first jail and everything, running around trying to figure out information on Alice, the, the investigation part, I was just like, I, I, I'm not really jiving with this. It's like, okay, I had to run around, even though we already have the friend password or whatever, to get to the to the jail. It's like, why do I have to talk to these people? But um, combat is really fun. I like it. Um, I think it definitely does a really good job incorporating Persona 5's uh, mechanics into the action-esque style of Musou games very well. Um I'm anxious to see where the story goes. I don't know if I was necessarily looking for a Persona 5 RPG with this, but it's definitely looking mm. that's what it's going to be, which is awesome. I just, I'm, I don't think I'm in the mind space for it right now. And I don't know, I, like, well, I'll mention this, uh, go more into this deeper, 
my main focus this month has been on Bravely Default 2. So yeah, uh, I I don't see myself picking back up with Persona 5 Strikers till I'm done with Bravely Default. So um, I was going more, oh, I want to check this out, see how it is. And I feel like most of the stuff that I did play in the couple days between releases was just a lot of dialogue and not as much gameplay as I would have liked. But it, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, and it is fun. So yeah, it, it's cool. It's it's interesting. Like, and you had brought up when we talked about it, like leading into last month, uh, into this month, um, how like it, it sounded more like an action RPG than a Muso game. It's it's crazy to see that it just is that right. Like it's mm-hmm. it's got levels. It has like level design. It has jumping and platforming and and all that. Like. Which, you know, I, I don't... There's certainly a Warriors game out there with, with that. I'm sure there's, like, a narrative-driven <laughs> Warriors game. Oh, yeah. Says. I'm not as versed in that. Like, I've only played Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, which is very traditional, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you would expect. I, and that I think that fits the bill a lot more. It's cool to see this is, like, way more of a Persona game with Muso mechanics than a Muso game with Persona mechanics. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's cool to like be able to run around a world to go in and out of combat, to get the experience chain at the end of combat, like the ding and, and kind of like the resolution of things. So you're, you're kind of freely going around it, this, this pre-established area, um, that has like little nooks and crannies for you to discover. It's cool. And it's, it's also really rad how they bring, and I don't know if you've gotten to it, but like how they bring the self mechanics over and how you can like look from, mm-hmm. from points and, uh, it's like surprise enemies and ambush enemies and am- enemies yeah. can ambush you. Uh, obviously, like all the powers and persona switching and fusion and level up, like all that's there mm-hmm. uh, too. And I, yeah. I, I think it's cool that like they have like a the bond system to to like encourage you to spend time with your your companions. When I'm I'm sh- certain that like will come up in in free time. But yeah, it's it's. I saw someone tweet like, "Hell yeah, this is a Persona game." Took me an hour and a half before I could save, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's very accurate." <laughs> like, there's pretty much. And and they even do like the the OG Persona Five thing of like kind of jumping a little bit into the story, um, and and then like flashing back to the setup. Um, although mm-hmm. it, it's it's far less deep into the story because I've already kind of gotten there in that first episode. Right. Um, but it's cool. Yeah, I I think like. The it's weird. The it's it's worth noting. Like the sound mixing is is off. So like some voices are really quiet and some are like yeah, comfortably loud. It's weird. It's super weird. Uh, and maybe that's just like a, one of those trade offs from like work from home type stuff. Um, but you know, like the Atlas, like the actual Persona team is so good about that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I it has a lot of heart. It it has like those characters. It's fun seeing them hang out. Um, it's weird to me just cause like knowing that this isn't a sequel to, uh, Royal and this is more of a follow up to, uh, the original story, how it, it feels kind of like it's missing something. And also the new character, uh, Sophia, she, she kind of fits a very, in combat, she fits a very specific, uh, <laughs> area that the Kasumi also filled in, in the kind of yeah. combat class before. Uh, so it, it has like those trappings of like this feels very much like a spinoff uh, but as someone who played like 96 hours of Persona Q it does feel more like a Persona game than that which is cool oh um, yeah and you get For you sure. get to walk around Shibuya and, and stuff and, and talk to your friends so I'm happy about that yeah um, but it's cool I'm, 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 I'm like I'm anxious uh, go ahead uh, I'm only five hours in I'm about to fight the first boss um the, that that girl Alice, um, and mm-hmm. and kind of hopefully get an idea of what's going on. But I, I'm into the mystery. I you know it definitely feels like like one of those non-canon stories, but it, it is more comfortable and fun than the ones I've played before. So I, I'm gonna try and stick with it. Oh, definitely. Uh, but that's it for sure for video games for me. What about you, Scott? Uh. For me, like we touched on, been playing some Persona 5 Strikers, um, some Yakuza 0 as well. Not as much. Um, still also been working my way through Megami Tensei 2 mm-hmm. uh, as part of my effort to play through the Mega 10 games leading up to SMT 5, hopefully still this year. 
Um, last weekend, uh, I recorded a new RPG U that you'll see in a few weeks, probably about a month at this point, um, where we talked about Final Fantasy XII, and that got me in, oh my god, I want to replay Final Fantasy XII. So, uh, I had a few days where... Leading up to Persona 5 Strikers coming out, I was like, I don't know. I want to play something, but I don't know what I want to play. So, uh, with it being on Game Pass, I decided to download Zodiac Age on my Xbox Series X. Nice. And started up a new uh, a new playthrough on that. It's so freaking smooth and feels so good on the Series X. Yeah, um, I was so stoked to see that it was on Game Pass because it's like, all right, I can try all these games out now. Yeah. Absolutely love 12. Uh, it's probably within my top three of the entire franchise. Uh, okay. Love Final Fantasy 12. Um, so, got a, got a, probably sank maybe 15 hours or so into into my new playthrough. Um, so that was been that's been fun. Um, I've also been working on Fallen Legion Revenant, uh, courtesy of a review code from NIS. So expect my review of that hopefully this week as well. Um, interesting game. Uh, combat is is I would say combat is definitely the star of the game. Like it's kind of in a similar vein of Indivisible or Valkyrie Profile, where each character you have is assigned to a different face button, and you can kind of do combos and stuff off of it. It's fun. My biggest issue with it, though, is there is very little in terms of uh. uh a breakdown of tips or like training mode like this game mm. needs a glossary of who characters are or let you practice combos things like that it's in that regard this is very disappointing uh fallen legion is very disappointing um it has like this kind of cool in terms of story you're um this individual lucian who's a member of this council in this floating basically prison city the last bastion of humanity where the ground down below has fallen and succumbed to this miasma plague that has transformed everyone else who isn't in the floating city into horrible creatures and you are trying to in essence topple and overthrow the tyrannical prison warned dictator ivor who who leads the group as as this young dashing Lucian? Um, so with him, gameplay is split between Lucian, who's interacting with the other characters in the city, trying to win votes to pass different things that affect gameplay or um, choose kind of a choose your own adventure style. With who are you going to back? Who aren't you going to back? What are you going to try and uh, do something like, will you try and replenish the food stores or get clean water or things like that, which will have different implications going forward. And then the other half of the game is with Rowena, who's this spirit, a revenant, who's kind of going out on quests down on the ground uh, with these individuals slash weapons called exemplars, which are weapons that have been possessed by the spirits of their wielders that can reconstitute themselves and go on quests. So basically you have a, the ghosts led by Rowena and all these exemplars and they go and find things on the ground floor and give them to Lucian and it's all sort of craziness but there's no good way to um there, there's nothing you can look at as like, okay, who's this character and why should I care? Or how? what are good methods to um, combo into things? It needs a bit more... It needs like a practice mode or something. Uh, but it, it's been okay. It's, it's one of those games where it will just cut to a loading screen like mid-music. It doesn't even fade into mm. it, which I always find incredibly jarring. And I just feels and comes off really cheap in my opinion yeah um, i totally know what you're talking about and i feel like any jrpg with more than three characters should have a glossary <laughs> which is all yeah. of them as it turns out I right love, i love glossaries. so 
just something to kind of break down and keep track of who you're talking to or what all these people mean, like why I should care. Um, but I'm, uh, I don't think it's a, like a, it's definitely not a $60 game. It's a, does some cool things and it has an art style, very kind of reminiscent of, of a vanillaware game. So hand drawn, painted graphics. It looks very nice. I really dig the combat. It just needs something to flesh out and let you practice and try things out. Um, and the glossary so you know who you're talking to. Yeah, I get that. But so those are and then of course the game that I've been playing like a madman since Friday when it released Bravely Default 2. Game I have been so freaking excited for since 2018 Game of the War Game of the Year Awards or whatever where it was announced. Love this series so so much and I have fallen in love with this game. Excellent. What is is there what is there something specific? It scratches that itch of fantastic turn-based RPGs with a job system with a fantastic job system that offers so much depth in terms of um, kind of multi-classing or kitting out your characters so they do specific things. Um, it, it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. I've completed the prologue, which was took me about five hours, um, but I did do some grinding, and then I'm starting to work through chapter one. Cool. And it's... The soundtrack is killer. I'm still kind of weirded out by the doll-like look of the character models. Okay. Uh, but everything else I've absolutely loved about Bravely Default 2 so far. Uh, what are the, the big like changes since Bravely Second or, or Bravely Default? Is, is there anything so, that stands out for you? Yeah. That, oh. Those have been my games that uh, that I have played. Sorry, I muted myself by accident. <laughs> oh, no worries. What would have been the uh, like big... Has there been anything huge from Bravely Second or Bravely Default that they've like improved or changed in the sequel? Um, or is nothing standard? The big change, the the big change was they've removed the random encounter aspect in Bravely from Bravely Default and Second, and now all the monsters are on the world map. Okay. Um, and that has led to there, there are some downsides which I'm not a, as big of a fan of. Uh in Bravely Default 2 compared to the other ones. A big thing in Default 1 and 2nd were the options it presented players. You could tweak uh, whether or not you gain experience, whether or not you gain job points, whether or not you gain money. It, they were all just sliders in 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 the menu system. Uh, and I absolutely love this because it gave me the option to grind my job levels without worrying about making myself overpowered in terms of character levels. Mm. Uh, That is gone here. I don't know why they got rid of it, but you can no longer specifically turn off experience gain or JP gain, which seems like a really, really strange omission because it seems like such an easy thing to do, uh, which gives people so many more options uh, to, to play the game. Um... Another aspect is in the previous game, you could just set a button and it would auto battle for you. Um, in this game, you can still repeat commands, but you have to physically choose to repeat your previous commands. So you can't just have it automatic, automatically repeat, uh, okay. which is another one of those things. It's like, I can repeat commands, but you're not letting me just like do repeat all for all characters. So it's like, okay, that's kind of a bummer too, but, um, but all in all, I do really, I am really liking the game. I'm liking what it's done. The soundtrack is killer and I very much hope they put it out on a vinyl for me to get. Yeah. I've heard good things about that soundtrack. Um, the cast, I, some of the cast seems pretty cool. Um, I haven't grown super attached to the cast yet, but I'm still very early on story wise. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it, and I can't wait to sink even more time into it. The rest of the rest of, the, of March, this month, this <laughs> all new of month, March, of yeah. March. 
for sure. Cool. That's good. I'm I'm so excited for you. It just feels like good, like like that good vibes kind of like no 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 like goes down easy, you know. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's yeah. kind of what. If you're a fan of like old school turn based Final Fantasy games, you will give give all the these games a, a shot if you if you can find them. Yeah, it makes me want them to really put those first two on Switch someday. I agree. Especially because one hundred, they're only they're percent. only there. They're only ever on that 3ds. Yep. Cool. Pretty much. Pretty much. But that is going to do it for the games we've been playing. So let's get on to the games that you can look forward to in March. We start off with Yakuza Like a Dragon's PS5 port releases on March second. Uh, funny enough, this past weekend when I was at Best Buy, my Best Buy had the PS5 copy out early. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I didn't try and buy it, but I noticed it and I was like, I don't think that's supposed to be out yet. Uh, but yes, this is a fantastic game that won a bunch of awards last year. I'm very much looking forward to playing it myself. I haven't gotten around to it yet, mm-hmm. uh, but very, very excited. Yeah, that's uh, I got that on Xbox already, uh, and I will jump into it at some point, but it seems great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad PlayStation players will finally be able to see it like 60 FPS and all that. Um yeah. Very excited. Uh, next up, we also on March 2nd on PC, we have the Fellowship Saga. Uh, it's a party-based RPG where you can immerse yourself into the action with a first-person view using the rules from 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons mm. uh, and go on epic adventures as the party becomes entangled in the very survival of the realm. Very interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah, like a yeah, the, first the person D D to the first person is is very intriguing. Uh it's like a mix of um like a Skyrim kind of thing and Dungeons and Dragons, so Yeah. It looks pretty nice, not gonna lie. Yeah, and it's not bad. Like um, this would be I'm curious what people think of this one. Yeah. Um It'll be anxious to see if it takes off at all, and we see other studios do it better or do the same thing. Yeah, you know, do that first person. I approach. feel like that's how it, how it, how it happens a lot. Yeah, but like casting spells from first person in this screenshot looks wild. So. Hmm. Um. But yeah, that it's this game is done by Almkaz Games. Um, I'm not super familiar with them, but it looks like they have done, um, no, let's see, what other games have they, okay, this is their first game. <laughs> um, yeah. So, reports are saying that this might also be a uh, release date is TBD, so this might not be coming out on the second, so we'll see. But we'll there see. is a demo that you can play um, currently on Steam, so check that out if this sounds interesting. And on a completely opposite end of the spectrum, uh, we have Neptunia Virtual Stars coming out on PS4 in North America on March 2nd and on March 5th in Europe. But this is a the brand new uh, Neptunia game with starring the characters from the Neptunia uh, franchise. This is the where basically all the video game consoles and like computers are turned into magical girls, magical anime girls, and they have to fight to do things. Um, but this is the latest one. Um, it's an action RPG, and it's coinciding with the 10th anniversary of the whole Neptunia series. The game follows the CPUs, or the virtual girls, as virtual idols teaming up with me and you of Mutual to save planet emote from the invaders known as Antis. So, if that means anything to you, you should check it out. Um, have you played? Any, have you ever played any of the Neptunia games, Alex? Uh, so yes. Hyperdimension Neptunia. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, have you, Have you played? I have played any of the the Neptunia games. Before? I've dabbled. Uh, one of my one uh, previous friends uh, was was very into these games um, for the uh, and I quote moe aspect of it, <laughs> um, and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so I got to like experience through osmosis. Uh, I was gonna ask like, is this the first action RPG Neptunia game? 
I don't think so. Okay. I think the I think the last few have been action, action RPGs. Yeah, because so I, I I think they were definitely like um I I don't even know how to describe that turn based style like you know like action point mm. base you, you move around and then you choose actions on like a grid on, or on like a, a a set field. Um, they seemed pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, and I don't like I don't want to be the guy that just dunks on it. Like, I think it's it's a funny idea. I just don't know mm-hmm. how much they ended up doing with it. Like, if it's just, you know, anime girls running around fighting monsters, it's like, all right, that's fine to some extent. But if there's like a kind of like point to it all, I don't know. I'm, I'm less familiar. Uh, yeah, I had dabbled as well. Like, I have the first two games, I want to say, on PS3. And I played parts of the first one, and it was like, I dig the idea, but the first game is so rough around the edges. Like, it is very budget RPG, just like movement, and it's so floaty and kind of rough to play. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the remake, or the they eventually remastered or reloaded i think they might be the reloaded editions i can't remember what they're called specifically but um they kind of updated them and i heard those are much better but um so i've dabbled and i like the idea um the whole i think the first few interest me more than what it's kind of spiraled into uh because i think it was it was a novel concept earlier on and then it just kind of got more and more generic got a bit too much got a bit too much for me sure um, <laughs> yeah it's also a good way to put so, it so uh but i would say like, like, like it uh it's easy no go ahead it's easier to imagine me like consuming these games in a gross amount as like little action games uh of like, like kind of mindless run through and 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 hack mm-hmm. and st- slash up so it, yeah that's cool at least um, but no, I'm I'm happy for the series to for hitting the 10 year milestone. That's a, that's a big deal, and I know friends and and people that play these games. So I I I would love for you to tell me how this game compares to the uh, the previous ones and what you think about it with Neptunia Virtual Stars. Um, what I want you so. Scott to dedicate a whole episode of. RPGU to Neptunia. We gotta find like the biggest hyper dimension Neptunia fan and just like sit with them and have them explain to you why it's good. Actually, yeah. I would, I would, uh, I would love to sit down with someone and hear about like kind of the mythos, I guess, of these games. Yeah, um, I'm curious. So if you are into Neptunia, let me know. Teach me in the ways of uh, hyper dimension Neptunia. And the goddesses of the game industry, yeah. <laughs> Neptune, Noir, Blanc, and Vert. Please, please teach us. I'd be, uh, I'd, I legit be very interested. So I'm not even shaming or making fun. I, it's interesting. I, I'm always down to hear about RPG franchises. Yeah, I. So let us know. I'd want to know like what the appeal is, like when you get to like the end game of that, like what's kind of like the resolution that is so satisfying. Like that, that does sound interesting to me. So. Um, next up, we have Everhood releasing on Switch and PC on March 4th. Uh, this is an unconventional adventure RPG that takes place in an inexpressible world filled with amusing musical battles and strange, delightful encounters. To put it simply, you are in for a ride. Uh, so this has almost like a Undertale-ish vibe. Yeah. I get an Undertale vibe from it. It's very colorful very unique uh kind of simplified pixel graphics Uh, but it it looks it looks neat yeah it looks like it has a lot Uh, of character yeah um battles are music based it looks like it's a short one only about a five to six hour game um and yeah this looks this looks pretty cool i'm not gonna lie uh, a good weekend game, I think. Yeah, like there's like a spot where someone's like running on like a Guitar Hero fretboard uh, for combat, mm-hmm. and then there's also like w- 
like a crazy eye laser dance floor <laughs> combat. So like it looks like it's got some mm -hmm. cool variety to it. Uh, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, it looks like those are all the combat. Like you dodge, you dodge attacks on like a Guitar Hero board. Uh, but yeah, this I'm I'm intrigued. You know, I think this game would be right up Quinn's alley. Like this looks like a Quinn game. Yeah, we got to put him on the assignment. Be like, you get on this. Let us know what's up. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yes, Everhood, that is releasing on March 4th for Switch and PC, so give that a check out. Oh, yeah, I might actually grab um, this on I, Switch. I might. Yeah, this looks like a good, like a good Switch game. Totally. Could be a good, good Switch game. Uh, next up, we have Loop Hero is releasing out of beta on March 4th, it looks like. Uh, so this is like a roguelike deck builder tower defense game uh, that they announced... I'm trying to remember when they specifically announced this. Um, a while ago, it might have been Game Awards, but um, it's releasing on PC. Very, very good. Very fun game. Uh, the Lich has thrown the world into a timeless loop and plunged its inhabitants into never-ending chaos. Excuse me. Wielded an expanding deck of mystical cards to place uh, to place enemies, buildings, and terrain along each unique expedition loop for the brave hero. Um, but no, I've heard very, very good things about Loop Hero. Um, people who have demoed it and been reviewing it really, really love it. Um, and it just has a really good art style, so I am all for it. Yeah, this looks... I love the crunchiness of the pixels. Like, I don't know what these... I guess mm -hmm. these grids are like the cards, maybe, that you're putting down. Um, but I, yeah. I just really love the look of it. Yeah, I've yet. I, very I'll, good. I'll, I imagine. I'll let you know, Scott. No, go ahead. Um, the I've yet to find like a a roguelike deck builder or a pretty much any video game like deck builder of like the new era of deck builder games, whether they be roguelike or not. I've not found any that have clicked with me, so I'm still waiting. One of them will. Really? Not a fan of Slay the Spire? Uh, I played a little bit. It's just like I, I didn't want to like really dive into it. It didn't like really jive with me right away. I'm not huge on cards mm -hmm. is, is the thing. Like I, I've okay. never been a huge card game person. <laughs> I know this is where you and I differ <laughs> a great deal. Um, but yeah, so so there might be one out there. Maybe, maybe Loop Hero. I don't know. Is this coming to it might other be. stuff as well or is it just Steam for now? Uh, not right now. It looks like just PC, but this game just screams, I'm going to show up on an indie direct from Nintendo. Oh, totally. That, that That's what it screams to me. Yeah, I get the same vibe. <laughs> uh, next up on, speaking of Switch, coming out on March 4th, we have Nosia. This is a kind of uh, an interesting looking RPG, very colorful. The no see a lie, pretending to be human, they'll get in close, trick and deceive, and then eliminate one victim at a time. So this looks almost like a adventure RPG. Uh, like an adventure game, but with uh, RPG elements. Repeatedly play through loop <laughs> repeatedly play through loops, triggering special events to unravel mysteries in a uniquely original narrative. Certain events will unlock new commands for you to use during discussions. Mm, so very it's a sci-fi, yeah, a sci-fi social deduction RPG in which you'll engage in discussion with a variety of unique characters with the aim of identifying the Nosia among the group. Players will have to use what information they can gather during the discussions to ascertain whom they think is Nosia, and then vote to put them into cold sleep. As you progress, your abilities will improve, improve, but so will those of the crew. Ooh. So it's, yeah, it's very kind of 999 or... It's like uh, that mixed with the thing. Like those like someone, someone is yeah. amongst you that is like the the monster. And I like this like cover art. They have like the, the main character, I presume, and then like this hor hor kind of unsettling version of her. Um, that could be the nose, yeah. That's cool. That's a cool idea. It's and like on Nintendo's website, uh, 
you there's like a it's this setup and it has the number of crew but then it also has a, a adjustment for how many nosi are among the crew so it and then it has different roles where you could have an engineer doctor guardian angel guard duty ac follower bug so i'm almost wondering if this has like a multiplayer asp no it's only one player this is but like, this is for all the people that don't have friends to play Among Us with them. Like, here is your single player. Yeah, or like Mafia and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I I'm into that idea. Yeah, especially if it's like a, I, yeah. a cool story on top of it. Yeah, might be another one I have to check. Yeah, out. this one actually is like, oh, this is red <laughs> every time with this show. This, I I could see this being uh, uh, an Alex game. Yeah, totally. I I, I could. I can see me like getting really into this, but then you find out the Nojo was you all along. I know, very, and it's only four hundred seventy-eight megabytes, I guess, on the uh, on the old switcheroo. That visual novel space. Uh, I might, yeah, I might have to check this out as well. This looks, this sounds very interesting. This Nosia, but yes, that releases on March fourth. Coming up on March 12th, we have Pascal's Wager Definitive Edition. Now, this is a challenging action rogue action RPG set in a world of dark fantasy where you step into the shoes of couriers as they discover the tale behind the mysterious dark mist. Um, cool. I get uh, It's the Definitive Edition, so I'm guessing it's come out pri- prior. Uh, but this new edition comes with... All the expansion, uh, additional content. The expansion ties it to Oblivion, a new mode into the Dark Mist, and some new outfits for Bonita, Viola, and Terrace. So yeah, this yeah. looks pretty good. Kind of, I I kind of dig the art style. Kind of get some Bloodborne vibes. Yeah. From the from the aesthetic. I like that I, as someone, anyone who reads my more recent reviews, I know there are not many of, I'm a big advocate for putting GIFs in reviews to like show what a game actually looks mm-hmm. like. They've got some great GIFs of gameplay here uh, in their little, like little, hey, hey, here's what our game's about. And it looks cool. It looks like it's got some yeah. intense combat. I'm intrigued by it. I definitely kind of get the, uh, the Soulsy vibe from it. Um, yeah. Just watching kind of the, the the some of the gameplay videos. So it's a lot of dodging and getting in hits where you can. And the aesthetic is very Soulsy Bloodborne, mm-hmm. but a little simplified. It's cool. Yeah. A lot of good games coming out in March. A lot of some good yeah. small games as it lot, turns out. Some good surprises. I'm not I'm not familiar with this one, but I I want to look into it more. Some guys like just hurling around a coffin on a chain. I mean, that's pretty that's cool. That's pretty cool. If Simon Belmont can do it, anybody can, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But yes, Pascal's Wager Definitive Edition is releasing on PC on March 12th, so give that a check out. Uh, next up, we have Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning is releasing on the Nintendo Switch on March 16th. Now, Alex, we, we both have played Re Reckoning, mm-hmm. and we haven't really talked much about it. Yeah. Um,. What's kind of been your thought when you replayed Re-Reckoning? Uh, it's great. Uh, I, I appreciate the... Because uh, I played on uh, PS4. Uh, I appreciate the, the frame rate boost. I'm, I'm going to assume that the Switch version is not going to have that, unfortunately. But um, it is it is like just a... It, that's like a comfort food Western RPG. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's like you, you got all the fancy names, you got elves, you got green forests, you've got tons of cool weapons and, and fun combat. Um, and just as much lore as you could ever want. <laughs> if you really just wanted to drown yourself <laughs> in a totally new fantasy world with elves, um, and, and a cool, I would True. say like a different take on the elves. Like they've got this whole summer winter court, uh, which is a very like Feywild, uh, perception of, of elven culture. Um, it's cool. I, I I think this game is really fun. I think like Switch is weirdly like a really great place for it. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you've never played it before, I think like just being able to kind of put up and pick up and put down that game anytime would help a lot because it's just very grindy. Um, but it's cool. I I wish it got that resolution bump on uh, the new con- on PS4 or Xbox One. Like it ran a little higher resolution. 
but other than that yeah I, I i think it's a great way to play that game and we get that new dlc coming this fall so yeah they really haven't spoken anything about that yeah i other than it will be a thing i'm curious about it hopefully it will be it will be exciting it maybe lead into something new for for Amalur because it's it's a fun series that i would like to see continue agreed i agree uh, next up, also on March 16th in North America and on March 19th in Europe, we have Saviors of the Sapphire Wings slash Stranger of Sword City Revisited coming to Switch and PC. Uh, these were originally, I want to say, Vita games. Uh, they are first-person dungeon crawlers, very similar to uh, an, uh, a Wizardry series or an Etrian Odyssey kind of thing, where you create a party of adventures and then you get your butt kicked in dungeons yeah that's so. the truth <laughs> um i have stranger of sword city i believe it's still sealed on my game shelf for vita um yeah if you're a fan of these uh, of the first person dungeon crawling rpgs definitely give these a try out i've heard very good things about them um and yeah these are i these are great um it's, uh, this is a genre where I will get in a a feverish uh, thrill to play them, and I'll just binge for a little while, and then I'll call it good. But good pick-up-and-play games, I think. It, do you get to draw a, a map in this game? Uh, you can't draw it, but I mean, as you go through, the map will be revealed as in an Etrian Odyssey way, but you can't actually draw them yourself. Damn. Those 3DS games knew what was up, as it turns out. It's true. Yep. It's a fun feature. It's a fun feature. I really hope we get an announcement of a new Etrian game on Switch. It's got to be coming. I'm sure they're probably working on it. <laughs> Something. Something. But yes, Savior of the Sapphire Wings and Stranger of Sword City Revisited coming to Switch and PC on March 16th and March 19th, so give it a check out. Um, Marvel, Marvel's Avengers is getting their next, or I guess current gen at this point, mm. ports, uh... On March 18th, it's Marvel Avengers. If I, I mean, I, I feel like at this point, if you're like invested in Marvel's Avengers, I think you'll be excited for it. If you haven't been, I don't see these necessarily getting you into the games. Yeah, I'm curious to see like how how this is gonna feel. How you know any quality of life as far as how the game feels will be updated with this at all either but you know i i've been waiting to like just see what this version looks like so i'll check it out i'll, I'll see what's up yeah like i for me this version i'll be anxious to see how it plays but all my none of my issues have really to do with the visuals of the game and it's more of the gameplay loop yeah so none of those things are really being addressed in this yeah. so I'm I'm excited for the people like uh, you and Mike who are who are psyched for this game. I don't think this will suddenly gain like people that were on the fence about Marvel's Avengers. I don't know if this will bring them into Marvel's Avengers at this point. Probably not. Um, no. But if you're a big fan of this game, uh, I think this will be a, a, a nice upgrade for you. So yeah, this was delayed. Be sure to check this out off of like launch day. So so we'll see what this this turns yeah. out to be. Yeah. Um, but yes, the PS5 and Series X version of Marvel's Avengers launches on March 18th. Uh, next up, we have Story of the brand new Story of Seasons: Pioneers of Olive Town. That's coming to Switch on March 23rd in North America and March 26th in Europe. Um. This is the brand new uh, Story of Seasons game, which took over, which is done by the original creators of the Harvest Moon franchise. It's very much your your uh, farming simulator. Um, so um, it's a, welcome to Olive Town, a peaceful community established by your trailblazing grandfather, per usual, and his friends. Now that you've taken over his farm, it's your job to continue his legacy. Um, so, yep, raise cows, plant crops, water crops. Make friends. Make a family. Yeah. Make some friends. The huge. Um, the huge, which is good. I mean, these games are usually really solid. Um, there's over 200 unique events. 
you can find earth sprites, um, which help you do stuff. Um, clear the land, repair old facilities, place new ones where you see fit, level up farming skills. If you played a Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley or a Story of Seasons, you know what you're getting with uh, Pioneers of Olive Town. Uh, but yeah, these are fun games. Yeah, I've never, I've never played a direct Harvest Moon game. Like Stardew Valley is really the only one of these kinds of games I've played. So, yeah, no, I might check it out. Yeah, it's being published by Xseed, Marvelous and Xseed. So give it a check out if you're a friend, fan of these games. Uh, I think you'll get a lot of, a lot of gameplay and a lot of hours out of this one. Uh, next up, coming to. Uh, Game Pass and Xbox One and Series X PC on March 25th, we have Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. Now, this was before the first uh, Yakuza game you had played in being, correct, Alex? Yeah, uh, this is a great game. I I think, you know, it's weird. I would say, like, if you can avoid it, which you certainly can now, I wouldn't jump in at this point. Um, but if you had no other choice, <laughs> uh, uh, mm-hmm. I think it is still great um the story of this game is is relatively standalone it feels like now i'm as i'm starting to get a kind of better lens on what kiri's story is this feels like the kind of epilogue to his story like it feels like Mm -hmm. how five ended because it's it's spoilers for it spoils it in yakuza 6 how five ends i'm not gonna spoil it here but um i you know it comes like it's very much in reaction to the ending of that game um, and then you get this kind of like final send-off story with Kiryu and the, these very fun uh, characters, like this this new group of characters that he meets and becomes friends with. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I think it's great. The the weird mini game in this one is a real time strategy game, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a cabaret club <laughs> game. Um, that's pretty okay. Uh, and. Uh, it's got like it's got this actor who's like a very well-known Japanese like drama actor in it. He plays one of like the main characters as well. I don't remember his the actor's name, but I remember that was a big deal at the time. But overall, I there's a I did a review of Yakuza Six. There's a great moment where you get to see like Kiryu <laughs> and all of his friends, like all in like to the nines in suits and stuff. Uh, and uh, you should just go look at that picture and then play this game. And then all the other. There ones. you go. Yeah. Do play play along with us. Yeah. It'll be a grand old time. Uh, next up, probably one of the bigger game, probably the biggest game, honestly, uh, coming out in March. Yeah. Monster Hunter Rise on Nintendo Switch on March 26th, uh, where you can have your very own repeat from Tales of Vesperia, travel around with you to fight monsters. Hell yeah. A lot of a lot of interesting first with this one. It's the first uh, non Resident Evil RE Engine game, I believe. Uh, no, uh, Devil May Cry Five ran in the RE Engine, uh, but it's the first RE Engine game on Switch. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's the first big Monster Hunter since Monster Hunter World came out, which, as a reminder to everyone out there, is Capcom's best selling game ever. <laughs> Just period. <laughs> Uh, and it's also in this like post Animal Crossing Switch world where everyone and their mother has a Switch, so I'm very curious to see how this game is going to do and and how it's going to be received as well because it looks really fun. Even mm-hmm. me as someone who's like not super into Monster Hunter, but like many other people, got into it with World. Like I I kind of want to check this mm-hmm. game out as well. I'm just the biggest thing I'm curious about is how long will it be before we get a PS4. Or like a PS5, PS4 version, Xbox, PC announcement. This is one of those things. Like, how long of ex- exclusivity do we think we'll have? Because I don't see them just keeping it only to Switch. I feel like they could, right? Because th- that's always the weird thing with Monster Hunter is like they like don't move around a lot. You know, like there are so many Monster Hunter games that are only on 3DS and Switch. Um, but you know, you, you could say like, if this ends up being huge, like obviously they're going to try and, uh, put it everywhere else, but also like world was mm-hmm. huge and they didn't find a way to put that on. Yeah, Switch. That, I think this is their answer to it, but I think in a post monster hunter world where everyone, like so many people bought it on everything that wasn't a Nintendo platform, 
it seems kind of crazy to me that they wouldn't be like, okay, we'll we'll let Nintendo have a year or six month exclusivity with Rise and then release an HD version uh, later in the year. Yeah, because like like you mentioned, there definitely were unique entries to the series only on PSP or only on 3DS but those were all in a pre Monster Hunter world yeah world yeah um and like you said with Monster Hunter world being the biggest seller Capcom has ever had on everything not uh Nintendo platform it seems crazy to me that they wouldn't try and go for the people that have become rabid fans of Monster Hunter that aren't necessarily or are holding off for an hd version yeah so we'll we'll have to see yeah we will and and that's that's a good point and and where what monster hunter is going to look like after this i think is going to be indicative of Mm -hmm. like is monster hunter only going to be like on one or two things going forward probably not and i I, we're going to find that out for sure soon enough i think yeah uh uh but it looks great. Next up, I'm um, Mark. Yeah. Oh, it does. Very, very interested by it. I've loved what they've shown so far. So, and uh, I have mine pre-ordered already. So, Excellent. anxious to play it. Cool. Uh, next up, Neptunia Virtual Stars is coming to PC on March 29th. Uh, we talked about this earlier. So, it's the same game, just on PC. Um, and then on March 30th, the Epic Game Store is getting all the Kingdom Hearts ever. All um, of them. All for full price. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, on March 30th, the Epic Games. Store. Yeah. Even Melody of Memory, which is which is surprising. Like, usually mm-hmm. it takes, a, like, a little bit for, for those things to come over. But this is great. I, I love Kingdom Hearts with all my heart. More people should get the chance to play them. Uh, and also, gosh, I can't wait to see these games fully modded. You already told me about one. That sounds really cool. Uh, with Roxas. So. Yeah. Uh, that and the randomizer. I really hope the Kingdom Hearts 2 open world randomizer gets ported to this yeah. sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see what the modding community can do with all the games at, at their disposal. Yeah. Um, and and just like so the idea will... of like being able to like brute force run these at like 120 hertz or something. It just sounds great. Mm-hmm. It sounds great. Enjoy yeah. Kingdom Hearts. It's great. Yes. Um, and then... Uh, Disco Elysium, the final cut, this is the kind of updated, super definitive edition of the game with all spoken dialogue, is coming to PS5, PS4, PC, and Stadia uh, later in March as well. Yeah. Let me get the fur. Disco This was, uh, I'll throw this out while you're looking up that date. Um, yeah. For my, uh, I, I do the, the Fantasy Critic League with um, my friends, Nabishin, everyone knows Nabishin, and uh, my friend Brandon, um, who you know. Uh, and yeah, the they they point out for anyone out there listening, like this is a good if you're also doing a fantasy critic games league. Uh, the Disco Elysium is a good pickup if you've got those remasters in there because that's like a huge critical darling. Um, that is got so many awards. What two years ago when it came out, um, mm-hmm. people really really like this game. It might have been a year ago, or no, it was two years ago. Uh, I'm really excited to actually play this. This was like on PC only for a while, so mm-hmm. I'm uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that I've played a little bit of this and absolutely love it. I'm anxious uh, for all the additional things and it coming out on console. Um, yeah, give this game a check out. It's a very unique kind of CRPG. Um, there's no combat. It's all very psychological and and very interesting uh, uh, a very interesting game so give this uh, new one to check out even if you've already played it this game has new storylines characters cutscenes um, full English voiceover it's got a bunch of stuff so give this a check out one and all yeah um, good to see that this being uh, coming out with so so many additional features so yeah the full dialogue is huge. Yeah, very, very much so. And for my tabletop friends out there, on March 16th, Dungeons & Dragons is releasing the Candlekeep Mysteries. This is an anthology of 17 mystery-themed adventures, uh, like adventures, 
uh, for Dungeons and Dragons for you to run. Um, it can take. It has adventures designed for characters ranging from level one to level sixteen. Each adventure begins with the discovery of a book, and each book is the key to a door behind a danger, behind which do- danger and glory await. They can be run as one-shot games, so very quick additions to your existing campaign if you want, or just uh, good introductions for people that might not be big into D and D. These, uh, I'm very excited for this book. Very anxious to check out what they what they add and kind of the stories they tell. Um, but yes, Candlekeep Mysteries launches on March 16th. The book releases, so very cool. It's a cool idea. I like the like a bunch of one-shot idea things for you to play and introduce folks to. Yeah, that is cool. I like I've never played that. Like I haven't dabbled with too many one-shots, but that is like I feel like that's sometimes the most pure D and D experience you can get out of like a little one-shot. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier when in a world when, especially among adults, when it can be very difficult to. Uh, regularly gather a party together to do a, a, sh- a shared narrative or an ongoing gameplay session. So, yeah, grab some friends over a weekend, grab some drinks, and play some of these one shots. It'll be a good time. And if you manage to keep it going, just turn them into turn them into a series. So, but that's gonna do it for this month's syllabus episode thank you so much for joining me alex my always fun pleasure so many cool games that we found today as well i know i know i bet man who knows what we'll find out in the next month i mean back in february when we recorded the last episode i bet you if you had told us that we would find out that final fantasy 7 was getting a battle royale and another <laughs> remake uh we wouldn't have believed you no we wouldn't have but here we are be like yeah here we are we're in it's a new world look there's more final fantasy 7 coming some some mobile games look forward to us gushing in the july episode about that 60 fps final fantasy 7 remake yeah so good and yuffie our girl yuffie. hell yeah yuffie the best you know it so where can people find you online alex what do you got cooking um over on twitter at alfighter 27 not at a rational pod that's the other one uh rational passions podcast every other week um we have one coming up we're talking about all this nintendo direct stuff and then also um a trip to nintendo land the nintendo show i do with mike burgess uh that is uh, we got the the episode about the directs and all that we're recording this the week that this is coming out so that should be out within next week so check that out what about you scott good stuff uh good stuff and yes you can find me on twitter at solid snake 120 and in terms of what i got cooking you can look forward to a 30xx review or impressions video not video impressions article my fallen legion revenant review and uh yeah who knows what else we got a brand new episode of rpg university this thursday so look forward to that it's uh with matt stormageddon uh we're talking some undertale this week nice so look forward to that. Uh, got a lot of good episodes coming up. We got we're going to be doing our first Kingdom Hearts episode of RPG University here soon. Uh, the first Trails in Cold Trails of Cold Steel is coming up as well. All sorts of good things coming up. So be sure to uh, check out and subscribe to RPG University for all those episodes right when they drop. A lot of good episodes. Yeah. We got Final Fantasy twelve as well coming out. Oof. It's going to be a good time these next few months. Nice. To be a listener. And uh, just a shout out. Uh, the day we are recording this, it was a year ago today that we hosted our PAX panel. Alex. I know. Feels like 4,000 years ago. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it's yeah, crazy. The, the, the first IP PAX panel. Uh, RPG University live and in person in the meat space. Yeah. Uh, great time. Thanks to everybody that came to that. If anyone that came to that's hanging out, listening to this, we appreciate you so much. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, be sure to check out uh, the audio version is up. So find it here on RPG University and listen to it as well. The best, worst, and most annoying tropes of the RPG genre. It was a great time, and just a special shout-out to you, all of our amazing panelists that we had. 
with Reb and Trevor and John and Kelsey and you. Uh, and you. Such, such a yeah, good time. it was a great time. Unforgettably great time, uh, I would say. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And I can't wait to do it again. But... That is going to do it for this episode, everybody. Thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at SodSnick120. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed.